At times, we all feel lost in search of something more. This is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, a podcast designed to help inspire and guide you forward through everything spirituality, creativity, art, and just giving you a sense of empowerment so that you can be powerful, be magical, and be free. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today, we're welcoming this gentleman here, Matthew Immersion. He is a four-time book author. He has also started his own nonprofit as well as is a public speaker and has a history in the entertainment industry and really has been on this path of supporting people, helping them matter. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that topic of You Matter. It's the premise of all four of his books that he has out and getting to know him. Hi, Matthew. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I uh, I love your store and my wife and I both love your store. And now to be here with the owner of the store oh, uh, well, talking about things that matter. Yes, yeah. I love it. And so uh, thank, thank you for, you know, stumbling upon this place. And I'm looking forward to sharing a little bit about uh, you and your journey. But let's let's take a, a you know, I, I did a little research on you prep, prepping for the Uh-oh. podcast. OK, okay. so yeah. my understanding is that you were you were in entertainment yeah. and um, in in kind of marketing management. Mm hmm. And then about 15 years ago, something shifted for you. So, right. you, so what happened? If you want to tell people. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, so I worked for Robert Kardashian okay. and he had a music marketing company and uh, I was a senior vice president and, uh, we worked on projects for, you know, some of the biggest artists in the world, mm-hmm. which was, uh, it's pretty cool gig. You know, I come, I grew up in Modesto, California, which is a pretty small town. Yeah. So farmland. To, right. Farmland. <laughs> And so to come to LA and then to all of a sudden be exposed to that kind of lifestyle, you know, it was cool. It was, it was a, a blast. And, um, I loved every bit of it, the creative process of the artistry of music and being in the studios. And I just, I'm so not musically inclined. So just to be a part of that journey of other people was mm-hmm. just so, um, I was awestruck honestly. But then with that, I think there was also this side of the, of the business, you know, that it, um, it doesn't always run on the most righteous of, mm-hmm. you know, measures if you will and so so you know success for me at that stage of my life was make a lot of money have a house up in the hills and Mm -hmm. and and have nice things and corner office and you know all that be around celebrities and um you know i say this and not proudly but at that i was successful and i thought i kind of achieved what i came here to do until a monday morning i woke up with a massive panic attack uh which turned into chronic anxiety disorder and depression and so you know, this dream life that I thought I had built kind of came crashing down in a night's sleep. And, and so it was literally like overnight, you you just woke <laughs> up one day and you had this paralyzing anxiety and, and, and yeah, I mean, if I reflect on it, I can, I can piece together small moments. Mm-hmm. I think that were happening that, um, now that I reflect on them, I can see them more clearly. But at the time that Monday morning felt like it was the first, my first exposure to this whole other world that I didn't even know existed called depression and mental health and anxiety. Mm. Yeah, it was really, uh, I, I, you know, for the most part, I live my life. Like if you look at emotions on a spectrum of like the best day ever and the worst day ever. Yeah. And and as extreme as those can go. I mean, I probably live my life like 80% on this side, like that last 20%, Mm you know? Yeah. I mean, I've lost family members and I've lost pets and I've experienced sadness, had my heart broken and things like that. I never had felt that level of despair and hopelessness that is on the very fringe of that emotional spectrum, if you will. Wow. And I just didn't even know that that was possible. Like you hear people saying, you know, I'm considering taking my life. And for me, it's like, well, that never made sense to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, just get back up, get on the horse again, you know, like tomorrow's a better day, you know, find the silver lining, you know, all these things that we're taught to, I think, tell people in these moments. And, and in some ways for me, um, I, it was my first glimpse at, wow, this is dark and it can be re- very real. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that, I mean, I think a lot of times, I mean, even in, in my questioning, I said, well, did you notice a progression or, or something that was like kind of happening to lead you up until that moment. And you're like, maybe if I reflect on it, but it's, 
it's important for people to realize that literally you can be hit by mm. paralyzing emotions in a drop of a bucket, you yeah, know, a snap yeah. of a finger. Like you can have something and maybe maybe it is the catalyst and there was all these other things that were building up and it like kind of pushed you over the edge and you don't even know what that catalyst was. Right. But, you know, it's like a, a three-legged chair standing or three-legged table standing really good and, and you keep on putting weight on it, weight on it, it's standing, it's standing, it's standing. You're not even realizing that the leg's broken right. and then all it takes is just like you can move it just a little bit boom yeah. it boom. comes crashing down right that's right yeah and so you know i'm sure that there was you know a lot of things maybe out of balance in your life of living course. that type of, of lifestyle of course but you know for people to realize that they too can have these shifts or dark nights of the souls or these anxiety and depression and and it's real and, yeah. you know, when people have those thought patterns and when they pe feel these paralyzing emotions, they get stuck in it, you know? Yeah, no, it, it is. It's And it's hard to shift out of it. And I tell people all the time, like, you know, if someone says to you, I'm struggling, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, like, just listen, right? And mm -hmm. because um, even if we don't understand it, because yeah. maybe we've never experienced the, the, that same thing, um, for that person, you know, if they look up and say the sky is green, just know that that's how they see it. Yeah. You know, and to you, it might be blue, but to them, it's green and it's real and they're going through it. Right. And so, uh, yeah, it's made me a more compassionate person. I think it's made me a better person in a lot of ways that I can. I see things now. I'm more aware of people's energies now. I I'm always trying to be that person in any moment to to lift somebody up, even if it's a smile or the smallest of gestures. Yeah. Just because I don't know what they're going through. And now that I understand there's this much broader spectrum of what people could be going through that I thought existed. Um, yeah. I just want to be the one that will always be there to to move them more towards the place of hope and happiness and joy and, and oh, all that. I love that. So let's share with me a little bit. So you wake up on that Monday. Yep. Which... Uh, Coincidentally, is also you know um, you matter um, or Mondays every matter, Monday matters, right? every Monday yeah. matters, which is your nonprofit as yep. well. And uh, so you wake up on Monday, you're feeling this, and then how long does this this doom kind of anxiety, panic, sure. depression last? And what did you do as a step to try to pull yourself out of that quicksand? Yeah, so. You know, when and when I talk to people about like that first anxiety attack or panic attack, um, you know, it's so foreign. You don't mm -hmm. know what it is. I thought I was having a heart attack. And, and so I was 31. I was healthy. But yeah. I thought I was having a heart attack. So, again, I didn't know what this thing was. Um, you know, the doctor told me, go home and rest and get some sleep, eat some good food. You're, you know, you'll be better in a couple of days. And and for me, like, that's not what happened at mm -hmm. all. My uh, my panic attack got, you know, turned into a chronic condition where it was everything to get through every moment of every day just to try to figure out like what's happening and the truth is in that moment i was in more of a, a crisis mode i was i was like the water was crashing onto the ship at yeah. a very rapid pace and so um my parents came down immediately to support me which was incredible to have their love and support um i was scared i had a lot of fear in me i, I had to surrender a lot just be like I don't know what this is. I don't know how to fix it. I, had I known, I wouldn't have gotten myself in this position in the first place. Uh, but I mean, some of the biggest things were for me is that uh, I was just open to, I knew I had to feel better. I knew I wanted to feel better. And so yeah. I was open to whatever that would take. And between friends and my mom and dad and, and an amazing therapist who I jokingly call my expensive friend. And <laughs> I think we all should have an expensive friend or a couple. Yeah. Um, it was really just being open to that process and, and putting in the work. And I tell people all the time, if you're going through it and because like you said, with your table example, in some ways it's that one thing that can, can break the back. Right. Yeah. But I didn't get there. It took me a long time to get to where I was, to where something can, can make me kind of crumble. Right. Yeah. And so I had to revisit like what are the choices I made what are the developments in my life both internally for me as a person but also looking at the world around me yeah. and who are my friends how are my relationships what are my boundaries or lack thereof you know so you started to really assess everything everything 
everything. Like I, I got to a point where like every single thing that I thought mattered, I had to accept that maybe it doesn't. Mm. And I had to start over. And that that's that's number one as a person or people who we think we're in control. We think we we make good choices. We think, you know, we have the agency to create, <clears throat> you know, whatever life we want to create. That's that's a very humbling thing to accept. Like, wow, in some ways my choices got me here. Yeah. And then also realizing that along this journey of healing, um, there was gonna be changes in my life. And that maybe included people who I thought were my best buddies and and these really life-giving relationships that maybe ultimately they weren't. Hmm. And and so it meant a bit of pruning. Yeah, you know? lots of pruning. Lots probably. of pruning. I and, mean, you shifted your whole career too. So I mean, where did you yeah. realize that maybe that needed to shift too? Yeah, well, so what happened is um, my therapist, one day she came in and she gave me a motto. And the motto was, she told me if... Um, for, that I have to learn how, what it means to live a life that's not about me. And until I learn that motto, I'm never going to feel better. And so, you know, as someone who was depressed and anxious, had suicidal thoughts, um, worked in a narcissistic industry, when someone says, oh, it's not about you, yeah, you're like, okay, well, then what could this be about? Because I'm the one sitting here in front of you struggling. Um, and so she put me on this weekly dose of I had to go do something every week that wasn't about me. So feed, hom feed homeless people, pick up litter, read to elderly, paint over graffiti. Oh, beautiful. And so every, every, therapist. I know. Great. Oh my God. She's the best. Um, every Saturday morning I would go do this and, and, and like I go pick up trash in LA by myself at 9am, you know, and just do this thing. And about three, four months into this, it was this weekly dose of doing that, that one day I, I was out picking up litter and I just had this moment where I really connected with this sense of meaning and significance and, and this warmth I had in my heart. I was like, this is crazy because I feel more purpose and meaning picking up other people's trash than I do with all that other work I do all week. Yeah. You know, with, with a job that everyone would dream to have, you know, kind of thing. And that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, you know what? This is what Denise meant. Like, I'm, I found myself by doing things outside of myself. Mm. And that became, I called my friend Kelly right away. I said, Kelly, I want to write a book. And she's like, you don't even read books. How are you going to write one? I'm like, I get it, but I'm going to write a book. <laughs> and my my thought was, if we all, 300 plus million people in our country, you know, seven, almost 8 billion people in the world, if we all did one thing every day that wasn't about ourselves, not only could we change the world, but we could change our own lives too. Oh, and, wow. and, and that became the concept for my first book in 2007 called Every Monday Matters, 52 Ways to Make a Difference. Wow. And so that was like, you know, the idiot's guide to being a better person, my friends call it. And so that little book that I wrote with Kelly, um, you know, I rewrote it, it came out. And I don't, at that point, I didn't really have a plan. I was still working in the music industry. It's still yeah. all I knew. Yeah, but and you were listening to your impulses. You I were, was. You were feeling that connection. You were also being tremendously open yeah. to things that maybe you didn't know. Like, I mean, most people maybe would raise their eyebrow and be like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to pick up trash on a Saturday morning and suddenly I'm going to get better, you know, yeah. like, like, but you're just like, okay, mm -hmm. I might not know. So let me just try these steps and see what comes of it. So that complete openness. And then you just listen to your gut and even your friend Kelly, who you wrote the book with, right. Mm -hmm. Saying, how are you going to write the book? You don't even read books. Like, but you didn't even let any of those suggestions fade in. You just said, well, I'm just going to go for it. Let's, let's just do it. Let's figure it out. I'm calling you for guidance, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. and, but, you know, bravo. And like, you know, I, I, I hope that the people that are listening, that sometimes it's like, we don't know what's right mm. around the corner for us. Right. And so it's, it's taking those steps and steps that seem completely like maybe bizarre or crazy could be the the token that leads you to that aha or that moment or that that insight or to meet this particular person or to be and see something that gives you a completely you know different idea yeah, yeah. you know thank you for that i mean you know it's i was very open i i um it was clear to me that i i didn't do it well on my own mm -hmm. you know and i just had to accept that like i I was in that position because of me. And, and so I had to 
to surrender to someone else to say, okay, I need a, you know, I need a coach. I need someone who can help me. And I've also been an athlete my whole life. And, and so I played water polo my whole life, played for UCLA as well. And in the college years, and I coached there after I, I played there. And, you know, most of my life, I've had a coach, a teacher, a parent, a coach yeah. of some sorts in my life that helped me, you know, achieve a goal or stay focused on a certain goal or, or yeah. vision. And in some ways, once you get done with all that, you kind of get out into the world and, at that point, I was kind of like without a coach, if you will. And yeah. so once I realized that I had kind of got myself into this mess, you know, for me, the first place was, okay, I need to go to the people who I know that can help me because clearly I don't have the answers. Mm. And then it was just a matter of just being completely open to, like you said, what whatever they they said. And people thought I was crazy. I mean, yeah. even my friends, you know, oh, you've become a Bible thumper. Oh, you're Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Oh, yeah. you know, these comments, these jabs and and then, um, and, and people will, you know, pull you down when you try oh. to change, you know, and it's not even about, it's not about you and you changing. It's about how once you change that vibrational impact, mm. you can't relate to the person the same, right? And it forces them to have to look at their own stuff. Exactly. Right. I, you know, people come in and they say, I say, you know, there's a saying that you can't change other people, but I think that that's completely wrong because by you changing yourself, that you suddenly shift that dynamic, that relationship, and it has to have some form of impact on whoever you interact with. Now, some people don't like to look at their self. That's you know? right. Yeah, it's not and, easy. But yeah. you were you were ready. You were like, okay, I can't feel like this anymore. And that might mean the pruning, like you said, yeah. Yeah. of people in your life. That might mean people that hate on and, and say, like, you're crazy, I don't understand, or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But you didn't let any of that impact. You just said, I'm going to continue to listen. I'm going to try and I'm going to feel. That's right. Yeah. And, and that's and that's what it's been honest to God to this very day sitting here with you. This 15 year journey since that first book came out has been that the entire way. So that book, I wish more people lived like that because it guides you to one fulfillment. Yeah. Two success in, in different ways of like impact, change, whatnot, and even probably monetary success as well. And, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, but when people just move through it, it's like when you resist, if you, if you were in, in a river and you're trying to fight against the current, yeah. right. That's what most people do in their whole life, right? Yeah. They, they fight against the current. They say, I want to go over here, not over here. And they, try with the or whatever they yeah. do to get in somewhere but if they just go with the flow yeah right i think the river example I th i've thought many times just get in and just float and just yeah. let it take you where it the takes. river knows it's going somewhere yeah. it's leading into a beautiful journey the water's flowing for a reason right but see so that's one of the things for me that was a really big part of um me getting sick but then also me recovering was uh, i realized that you know, I wanted control and, and of my life. I was mm -hmm. a person that always wanted to be in control. And in a lot of ways, I had a story for my life of how my life was supposed to unfold. Mm. And that was my story that I had. And I think part of my breakdown was my life was not unfolding that way. Yeah. At all. You know, I, I would be married at this age. I'd have two kids at this age. I'd be a millionaire by this age. I'd be, mm -hmm. and I had this whole path, you know, with the dates and everything of how I thought my life would be. Yeah. And when it wasn't even close to that, I mean, I thought I was going to be married at 28. I got married at 43. Mm. Right. It's just as a one example. So yeah. there was this understanding that I had to let go of the story I had for my life completely. And then just and that allowed me, just like you said, to get in and just flow and let let me go down the stream. Now, well, and know, people think that, you know, our stories when we plan them. Like, how old were you when you planned out? I need to be married by 28. I need to ha be a millionaire by this age. I need yeah. to have this by this. Like, that a lot of times it's coming from a very young version of ourselves that doesn't mm. have the experiences or even know what we really want. Like, I mean, like every year, like I'm learning more about myself and, you know, the things that I would have wanted a year ago are completely different than what I want today. So maybe I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> Yeah, you're constantly but, but, learning but, and growing. But, and But, but part we, of that's being open, too, yeah. right? You're open to yeah. to know that you're still learning things that you don't even know you need to learn. Yeah. You know, like, the, what is that thing? Like, there are the things that you know you know, the things you know you don't yeah. know, and the things you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. Right? And so a lot of that has been the things I don't know I don't know and just being open to that. And 
you know, it's funny though, because I also got my, I went to business school, I got my MBA. And, and so that MBA hat part of me is like, you know, Matt, it's, it's really weird to say um, that this Every Monday Matters journey has been a tail wagging the dog experience the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't because of some master plan. I mean, right now, our nonprofit, we, we serve over two and a half million students nationwide every week with, with a free social emotional learning curriculum, K through 12. I never had a vision that one day I was going to start a nonprofit organization that served students nationwide in all 50 states by the millions. I never had a vision that one day we would have programs helping companies create better work, work cultures or programs that we're going to put into assisted living communities to help seniors feel like they still matter in the last parts of their life. That was never part of a vision for me, yeah. even after that first book came out. Wow. I thought maybe it'd be like a the next chicken soup for the soul thing. Like, you yeah. know, I do every Monday matters for this, for that, for the other thing. But uh, where we are today, me being here with you was never part of a plan that I had. It just kept taking me down, down the where river. It went. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Through so, emails, through calls, through, you know, just people being inspired to, and, to and reading it yeah. and being and them seeing other visions for your vision that That's you right. weren't even, you know, so it was like people putting together the puzzle pieces and being like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Like unbeknownst to me, Forrest Whitaker buys that first book and he goes to Obama's first inauguration and he hands it to a woman named Oprah Winfrey. Wow. Well, I don't know that was happening. Yeah. You know, and then we get a call from Harpo. Yeah. Saying we want to do a partnership with you. You know, yeah. just one example, and there's just countless examples of of how I put it out there. And then I, in some ways, I've just been kind of re- waiting to receive what comes. You know, with our education curriculum, we have it because so many teachers bought the book and said, you have lesson plans on this. And then I'm you're like, 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 well, I don't now, but I will, <laughs> I will exactly, in a couple months. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Hey, Matt, we, we, uh, Stephanie Gallo from Gallo Wine, we're doing a offsite retreat for our marketing executives. Do you do offsite retreats for, for leaders and businesses? No, but I can. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. You know? And, uh, I think I did it and I charged him like $2,000 or something. And afterwards she called, she's like, Matt, never again, only charge $2,000 for an all day retreat. I'm like, well, was it good? She's like, yeah, but you could have charged us like 15,000. I'm like, okay, I'm still learning. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. I didn't know, but didn't no. Know. But now I have this uh, <laughs> right. as a client, and so hopefully that can give me a lot more bookings That's for right. ten, fifteen thousand dollars. I'm sure I've left a lot of money on the table, but it's all good. Yeah. Oh, but that's where you learn and you go. You it know? is. Yeah. And so, when did you decide to start the nonprofit? Yeah. So um, basically, the book, the first book, had come out, and um, I still, again, I just didn't know where it was going to head. And then I got an email from a single mother in Palm Springs, mm-hmm. named Darby. And Darby sent me this email that explained the story of her driving down the road, seeing a car pulled over on the side of the road with a woman kind of hanging out of the car. And so Darby pulled over to see if the woman was okay. It turns out that she was not okay. She was there to commit suicide. And she was trying to get the courage to jump in front of an oncoming car on the road. Uh, Her husband was with her next to her, but he had such advanced Alzheimer's. She kind of just hit the end of her rope. And so Darby sends me this email describing the scene and then it said at the end, if it weren't for your book, I would have never pulled my car over. Now, of the 52 Mondays in that first book, um, that wasn't one of the Mondays. Find somebody on the side of the road who's yeah. in a commit suit, right? But it just hit me like, wait a second, there's something bigger here than yeah. even I thought it could be. I never thought that that book could save a life. It wasn't, again, part of the plan, right? Yeah. It just, um, and so once I got that email, I said, I don't know what this is supposed to be. But I have to go just let it run. And so I quit the music industry. I walked away. Wow. And I said, I'm done. And and it was me at home with my computer and MySpace and a book. And I said, this is where it's going to start. And just build a MySpace page, get people connected, doing good things. Oh, and that's then so beautiful. next thing you know, it was people calling saying, I got your book. I love it. I've lost 50 pounds. I got your book. I'm a better husband now. I got your book and we want school curriculum. It just, it just started kind of happening. Yeah. And before you knew it, I had a, my first employee working out of my apartment and then um, eventually just grew to office space. And in the beginning we became a small non or for-profit company. Okay. So uh, selling school curriculum and selling corporate programs. And I was doing keynotes. And then 
Um, along that path of being a for-profit, a couple things happened. Um, number one, I learned that our number one customer was the teacher themselves mm. using their own personal credit card to buy our curriculum. And that wasn't okay with me oh, because wow. I think our teachers are so vastly underpaid already. Yeah, no, they're... yeah, and what they go through is just they're angels on earth for sure. And so that bothered me. <clears throat> and then also I was asked to come speak to a group of convicted felons and... A judge was using that book as part of like a restorative justice program, and uh, which I thought was incredible. So I went to speak to these men and women who were their convicts. They were full jumpsuits, ankle chains, waist chains, the whole nine yeah. yards. And and after speaking with them, and I told them how much they mattered, even though maybe they'd made a mistake. We all make mistakes, and I can't remember every word I said to be honest with you because it's such an intense uh, experience. Uh, I asked her if I could give them all these wristbands we have that say "You Matter" on them, and she said I could. And so one of the gentlemen, um, he stood up and after he's like, you know, no one's ever told me I matter before in my whole life. And that's why I ended up where I am today. And he started sobbing. He's like a big six, six guy. Wow. <clears throat> and it was in that moment where I, all of a sudden I started seeing mattering or having purpose and meaning in your life as actually like a cause to take on. Mm. Like not something I just sell to people in a self-help kind of way, but more of like, this is a global cause, just as people don't have food or water, people who don't have purpose and meaning and mattering is also just as devastating. Wow. And so how can I help solve this issue that I see both individually and also globally um, as a cause, oh. which is a. No, oh, I mean, it's so good. <laughs> But it's interesting because because when you when people find that level of feeling that they they matter. I mean, even though that's what happened to you on a level, right? You mm -hmm. know, you discovered you mattered. And then the ripple effect of that's how right. many people's lives, like, hey, I found that I matter by do, by doing these things in 52, you know, and now I created these these ideas to implant in people's head for 52 ways that they can, you know, make yeah. a difference. And you're getting calls and emails and, and MySpace messages and all this stuff about how that created do 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 yeah right and that in a way i mean it's far more valuable because when you inspire somebody they can that's like kind of like that, that that cheesy metaphor you know you uh you know you can give somebody you know food or yeah, food or, fish, or right? you can, yeah yeah yeah. And, yeah and it's like forever abundance on that level that's right yeah and i uh you know it hasn't been easy in that so I have some good friends who they they run or started nonprofit organizations that build water wells, uh -huh. right? And it's really easy um, not to belittle what they do because their work's incredible, but it's easy to hold up a glass of dirty drinking water and say, "Hey, people drink this and they die. Will you help us?" Yeah. And it's just it's such a clear visual. They get it, like okay, A to B to C, get it. I give money, they build a well, they get clean water, and now they don't die. When you're running a nonprofit. And your cause is mattering mm -hmm. or purpose or significance and all these words. Uh, it's a little bit harder to explain. Yeah. I would say. And <laughs> but there's also this this trust um, and there's plenty of research on it as well. But opening people's eyes to be like, you know what? Imagine a person right now that doesn't feel like they matter. Yeah. Imagine a person right now that has no hope or no purpose to their life. What does their life look like? What is the impact they have? not just for themselves, but on the world around them. And then take somebody over here who they understand how much they matter. They get the power of contribution and community mm -hmm. and giving. And now look at the life they get to manifest and create in the world that, that benefits from that. That's a much deeper, richer conversation. But I believe that, and this is what I say all the time, is like we change the world from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. So we start here and then, then watch everything else around it change. You enjoying this so far? Did you forget to subscribe? Make sure to do so. It takes two seconds. Just press that little button, the red one. You know the one. Just press it, little like. All right, enjoy the rest of this content. So now you start this nonprofit. So then we, yeah, then we became a nonprofit. And, right? and you decided, you know, your first, you know, as you said, one of your biggest customers or, um, were the teachers. Mm -hmm. So that was providing the free curriculum to yeah. the schools, right? Yeah. Which is still a basis of one of the biggest um, parts of your nonprofit right. right now. Yeah. It's the emotional social learning uh -huh. model. Mm -hmm. And then 
And so that now goes all over. You said what? How many? How many? Yeah, or a nation, a whole nation, and also like six or seven other countries. Beautiful. Yeah. And and so when you sit back and you look at this journey, and <laughs> yeah. you know, like, what are a couple of the things that stand out to you most? Well, I I am always learning and changing ways that I. I never thought that I would, um, you know, doing this whole journey, I, I think was crazy enough for a lot of people to imagine, especially what I just come from, you know, spent my whole career um, going to a top 10 business school in the country and then getting to, that alone was a, was a bit of a jump. Then to where I am today, one thing that um, has been profound for me is when I decided to change the, the, from a for-profit company to a nonprofit organization. And again, people thought I was crazy. They're like, Matt, you're building this brand. One day, one day maybe you'll sell it to Hallmark or whatever and make millions of dollars. And and in those quiet places when I got really just honest with why I'm doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. it wasn't to be a millionaire. It was to to change lives and to change the world. And so when I became, when it became a nonprofit, this thing happened that I, I never could have predicted because I never had done this before. Um, but all of a sudden it released it from me. So like, I don't own every Monday matters anymore. Mm. It's not my company. Mm. Like I just work for it. And there's this concept, this little book that could, that started this thing <laughs> I love it. called every Monday matters 15 years later that I can be fired from. I can mm. be let go, go of, I don't own this thing. It's for all of us to have. And, and it's for all of us if we believe in it, to just spread it as far and as wide as we can. And that sense of release, because even when you're doing good, you can still suffer from some of the same stuff, the ego stuff, a lot of the same <clears throat> thoughts and beliefs oh, yeah, that you had just doing good. And we, we see it all the time with people, leaders who are doing good in the world. And you, you find out sadly that the whole thing was a scam. The whole thing was for them, you know, private yeah. jets, you know, all the, we've seen plenty of those sad stories that um, letting go of it, releasing it, to be a nonprofit that I don't own has been one of the most beautiful things for me personally, but also for the organization. It's allowed it to grow in so many ways because it's not Matt's. Yeah. And and I love that it's not mine. Oh, and cool. and um, if you circle back to what to what my therapist said, it's not about you. Yeah. Right. And this thing's not about me. It started that way, I think, in a lot of ways as a for profit. Then we became a nonprofit. It was still about me because I was the face. I was the name. I was my story yeah. that started it. But every day we we move further and further from, you know, this isn't about Matt. This is actually about a lot more lives than just his that yeah. and stories that are, are happening because of it. But you were the thread that brought it to life. That's right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you listened and you were guided and you took action. Yeah. But it's. I fight it though. I mean, I do. Of like, course, I, I yeah. want. I want it to be bigger. You know, I want it to be better, stronger, fat. You know, those are these these things that we all have inside of us. You know, and and I've had to learn how to be really learn patience, and which is not easy for me mm-hmm. at all. That to just trust it's it's going as it's supposed to go. It's beautiful, right where it is. Yeah. Um, but the doer in me, right? The I want to be bigger and, and affect more lives and. And, and that can keep you up at night sometimes and you just can't let it. You just have to yeah, find peace with exactly where it's at. And, and who knows, maybe in releasing it, that means something else is going to be birthed through you. And that's, and, happen- and that's happening a bit right now, too, actually. You know, like sometimes we let go of one thing because it makes that can continue to live and breathe and yeah. be its own ecosystem. And yep. then that gives your energy and your time to start to create another you're so good. Uh, yeah, so that's happening for me right now, actually. And it's been another just incredible journey. Um, it's been at least like a year and a half, maybe two years now, where I've been leaning in to who is Matthew Immersion mm-hmm. now? And what does he want to do like with his time and his life? And Because the organization, it's so great because of the the team we have. Yeah. Right. It's like I'm like the founder who they put like in the closet to sweep, you know, you know, like at this point, like, Matt, go over there and pick that up and then leave us alone. The team is incredible. Yeah. And and so in so many ways, they don't even need me because they're so good. 
But I have been really thinking a lot about, because if you're a student or a teacher using our education program, you're dialed in. If you're a company doing our corporate stuff, you're dialed in. But what about what about you? You and I just met. Like, yeah. is there a journey that you would like to go on as an individual mm. with this idea of mattering and, and finding these things in your life that maybe you don't feel like you have? And so how can Matt, the individual, create and curate these experiences, whether that's retreats or whether that's courses, um, to take individuals who are also looking yeah. to find something more. And, and I've always shied away from it. And I've always, I'll go out and do a big keynote and I'll come back home and I'll go right, I'll tuck right behind the brand Every Monday Matters again, right? Mm. No, I'm just the CEO founder of this thing. Like my story is not even on the website for Every Monday yeah. Matters. And finally it's like enough friends are like, okay, dude, that's enough. Like you've written four books, you've done 10 talks, you've da 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 da, you can help people. And by not doing this thing, you're actually doing a disservice to so many individuals who would love to go on a more in-depth journey with you yeah. and really go to those places. And, it's and Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, uh, people, companies are okay and they're great and they reach, reach organizations and, yeah. and corporations or education systems. And that's, but when it comes to an individual, individuals like to relate. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's nothing like relating to, you know, Monday matters. Great. Whatever. If I was hiring the company to do stuff with this. Yep. But if it was me, yep. I, I'd want a face to face person that I know right. they win, win on that journey. How, how, how can you give me some of that, you know, essence of what you've cultivated? Yeah. So beautifully in your life, because you can probably see in people hearing people's stories, being on the other uh, other end, probably do it automatically to all of your employees and or the employees of the mm-hmm. nonprofit, is that you help them find that. Whether that was inside of that, even when you're doing the keynote, it's, it's resonating on all of those levels. And yeah. that's why you can have an inmate stand up and, and cry and feel so compelled because it was like you, you personally spoke directly to him. Right. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, and, and, you know, this, the nonprofit today, the reason it started, because one day, one individual bought that first book in 2007, and then they wanted more, yeah. and then another person, right? So it started with this individual connection, for sure, and then it grew into an organization and programs, and so I'm really excited about that. I, I built a website, and um, I'm starting just to design the courses right now. And, yeah, and I saw that. Uh, they're, they're popping up on there. It's it's interesting. I'm, uh, I launched a podcast myself, so I'm going to interview you next oh, on my podcast. Awesome. But it's just really, I think, uh, venturing down that that path and, and and doing it in a way that feels really like authentic for me and mm-hmm. not sham wow, not like I'm your I'm your guru. Like I'm just I feel like people are gurued out a bit. Yeah. I, I I want people to be able to. to I'm a dude. Who had an experience that maybe you can relate to and and maybe i can help i hit a rock bottom maybe you don't have to hit a rock bottom or maybe yours doesn't have to be nearly as deep as mine was yeah. and i can help you get from here to here in oh. a way that together you that's know, beautiful not not because not because i'm the expert of all things no but because you went through things and you can relate to people that's and help right. them. yeah and and ultimately i think that's the feedback i get from people um if I can recommend anything to anyone out there in the world, it's like, just be yourself, just be authentic and, and all the good and the bad, the ugly of it all. And when I'm on stage in front of a thousand people, you know, I talk about I, the days I, th- I thought about taking my own life. I talk about my struggle. I, I just put it out there. Yeah. You know, I, t- I own it. And, and in some ways when we do that, not only is it good for us, but it, it creates this space that people can step into Mm-hmm. And then be their authentic self as well. Yeah. And they can share with you what they're really going through. And I think not only is it good just for us as, as individuals, like my, th- my therapist said, like our secrets are our sickness. Yeah. And, and um, but also like in, in, in relationship, when relationships can get so much richer and deeper when both people show up authentically and mm-hmm. they're not showing up as like this false self, but their real self. And then we can have a real relationship because we're getting to know our truths about, you know, right. Yeah. It's just, it sounds very basic but 
it's not easy for everyone to show up that way. And no, it's not because as that saying that you just said, the secrets are, are your sickness, right? Yeah. You know, there's so much shame mm. and guilt and that really binds people. Yeah. And they don't want to share that they almost try to kill themselves or yeah. that they, they went through a depression. They, they're worried about that perceived judgment yeah. from yeah. whomever or worry that if they speak that out loud, somehow that makes it more real. Right. And uh, but it's in that that, like you said, you connect, but also you take away that edge mm-hmm. of it. You know, if you can get up and say, you know, it's kind of like the the stand-up comedian that gets up in front of the room and if they have some kind of, you know, maybe they're really overweight or maybe they're they're they have some kind of condition, the first thing they do is make fun of that because the moment that they make fun of that on stage, it takes it away from and anybody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like they claimed it, they owned it. You know, yeah. it's a it's a it's a strategy that is used in, in stand-up co- comedians, right? right? You yeah. know? Yeah. But it's like but in that, it's like, okay, they can call themselves this and then own it, right? And then, but it also gives people the permission to look at their yeah, self. That's right. You know, because so if, if you say, you know, okay, here's somebody that, that's, that's successful, that is standing up there doing this big keynote, has four books out, that has, you know, all of these, you know, accomplishments. And then they say, I thought about killing myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I thought about any of my life when I was perceived from the outside that I had it all. Right. You know? And it suddenly takes the stigma away. Mm-hmm. It creates a relatability, but it allows people to be honest. That's right. Yeah, it does. And it wasn't easy at first. I I remember the first time I was speaking somewhere, my parents were in the audience. Oh, wow. You know, and uh, and I remember holding back on some details because they were there. You know, and some of these things they didn't really know. And and which was fine at that moment in time of this journey that I've been on. Um, but that was soon they got to learn a lot more about their son. Uh, and I, yeah, it's just put it out there. And, and and not to put it out there in a way that is like this woe is me victim thing. Yeah, or, no. or, or free, But it's a way, it's actually, it's a form of service, right? Is to show up authentically. It's a form of, I see it as a form of service because it really does... I think allow people, like you said, if you're gonna, when you change, you can't change other people. Well, when you change, people tend to change around you, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this. I think it's understanding the impact you can have by creating a space or, you know, holding a container, you know, where people feel like they can step in and, and meet their, meet with you eye to eye. And that's fun. It's, it's yeah. so fun to watch people just get to share their stuff and, and, you know, not in a way that I feel like I have to take it on and own it myself because, yeah. You know, I, I can't, and and that's not good for anyone. But just to let them kind of start to step more into their authentic self, and and again, it's just all part of the mattering part. And I don't know if it's I like what saying I like better. If it's I want to make a T-shirt that says either imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect, and I don't yeah. know which is which is which, but I, I like them both. And and it's nice to just yeah. I mean, I'm perfectly imperfect, and I'm imperfectly perfect, and yeah, I am. I'm who I am. And, and constantly growing and evolving in, in those those areas that maybe are more of our shadow self or that area that we need to look at that well, that gives it energy to life right it's mm-hmm. like okay i i have a challenge i have an obstacle it's like you know you you played water polo you did, you know like you need the resistance mm-hmm. to build the mass to become faster stronger more muscular whatever you need that right and it's through that you don't go into a workout and say, oh, wow, that pushed me too hard. I can't ever go back. You say like that workout. Now I feel like I'm getting stronger. I can feel my muscles sore the next day. Like I know this is good. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and if people, more people looked at life that way, mm-hmm. then, you know, it would be so great. With all our filters. <laughs> With all our filters. So let's talk, tell me more about your newest book here. Yeah. So, um, well, what's interesting is. I, wrote, I had two books come out during COVID, okay, which is really great timing to have a book screen. Oh, no, that's beautiful. No, it was probably really good sales <laughs> on the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everything's shutting down. The world's shutting down. Matt's going to write two books. Uh, so yeah, my publisher, we have, we were able to laugh about it because uh-huh. who, who could have thunk it, right? But um, 
My newest book is called Every Monday Matters for Families, which just came out last year, which is a book for families to do together every single week. It's built off of monthly themes like Monday gets compassionate, Monday gets kind, Monday gets adventurous, and every Monday is a strategy to go do something together with your family. And the family can be your biological family, your work family, your walking group, your church, whatever group. Yeah. This book, though, is different from all the other the, the other three books. Because so those were Every Monday Matters books. They're very yeah. um, you know, practical. This is what you do one Monday at a time. Yeah, and they're all based on the 52 weeks. Yeah, and, you know. and this book is like my, this is my baby right there. The, um, okay, this, let, let me hear about it. This is, um, it's the first time I ever talked about, wrote my story, my personal story, for starters. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I thought originally that was going to be the book. Now my part of the story is only the introduction. And then the rest of that book is all about helping the reader connect to three perspectives that from a program perspective at Every Monday Matters, we use on all our programs, but also it's just a way that I live my life every day. And it's to understand the ideas of I matter, you matter, and we matter. Mm. And so, you know, this I matter is understanding this sense of self. And the truth is, if I look back on my therapy, um, in those first moments when things were bad, it was, I had to understand who I was. So understanding who I was, my emotions, why I feel the way the mm-hmm. choices I make, it was very this internal kind of um, view. And after I, that kind of got, I understood that better and the ship was a little more stable, I kind of started to look outside of myself mm-hmm. and I started to see the friendships and the relationships. And, and n- number one, you know, what works and doesn't work, but also understanding our power and our ability to impact people around us through our words, mm-hmm. through our choices, through our actions. Like yeah. us humans are very powerful people and we can choose to be forces for good or we can choose to be forces for not good. And, yeah. and we all get to wake up with that choice every day. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you understand how much you matter, when you understand how powerful you are, then now the rest is up to you. And so there's this idea of the you matter part is knowing how you impact those around you. Then the we matter part is kind of this idea that we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And call it what you want. This is not to be a religious play or anything like that. But the fact is, is there are bigger forces in the world than just me. And yeah. I'm also part of something bigger than just me. And together we can do so much more yeah. good than by ourselves. Right. And and so this book really lays out those three perspectives of the I matter, the you matter, and the we matter. And it shares stories for each of those perspectives and then things you can do to kind of really, I think, engage with and embrace what those perspectives are more. And what I discovered throughout writing this book was um, in a lot of ways, I'd been doing this certain way for 12 years or something, 10 years. And I realized when I wrote the last chapter that I actually shifted for me. So originally the I matter was always the smallest circle in the middle then mm. the you matter was this ring around it and the we matter was this bigger ring. And that's always how I drew it and explained it to people. Yeah. You know, the I, then the you, and then the bigger we. And this book, when I wrote the last chapter and I reread, I'm like, wait, I have that wrong. Like it's uh-huh. it's not like that anymore for me. And then all of a sudden it became is three circles that are all the same size and they're all equally important. The I matter, the the you matter, the we matter are are equally important. And in the Venn diagram sort of way where they all three overlap in the middle is where I believe us as humans are are at our absolute best that at any moment we're aware of our needs we're aware of how we can serve others and we're aware that we play a major role in impacting this larger thing called life and and when we're always in that place of knowing it's either an I you or we or a combination of all those personally professionally socially um then that's when we that's when I think we're we're doing our best work. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So that's what that book's about. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Let me hold it up for everybody. You guys can get this on Amazon and do you sell it on your website too? Uh, Or no. (laughs) (laughs) So Amazon and in liberate. (laughs) Um, And so 
Matthew, I know that MatthewImmersion.com is your newest one with all of your one-to-one kind of helping people as you are the guide. You're creating these beautiful courses that people, they don't have to work with you in real time. They can work with you at their time, but through you. Mm -hmm. And then um, some of this other uh, working closely, more closely with you on a one-on-one basis. And then... Um, it's every Monday matters.com or dot org. It's both. Either oh, okay. Yeah, either okay. One. Okay. Yeah. So for, if anybody wants to find out more information about you and yeah. do you have a social handle or anything? I do. It's at immersion. And for every Monday matters, it's at Mondays matter. Okay. And so, uh, you know, that's a whole nother, I'm not the best social media person in the oh, world. I'm horrible. I really trying to embrace it, but, uh, I'm so this, like I love, I can do yeah. this here for hours with you. No, me too. I'm the right. same way. It's like it's like the Instagram, Facebook, the different things. I'm like, oh, now it's like TikTok and I this know. and Snapchat. I'm like, I can't even keep up. It's hard to keep up and it's hard to feel like it's meaningful connection. Yeah. Um, God, you know what's so funny is I know that I'm you're interviewing me, but I, this whole conversation I've been thinking about and explain as much as you'd like, but this store was a journey for you as well. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is this your first store you've ever done like this? Uh, no. So I have a I have a smaller location in Los Feliz that I've had for twelve years, okay. and that was a journey. Okay. You know, not that's where the journey that, started. That's where the journey started. That I I wasn't thinking that I was going to have that. I w- went to school for hypnotherapy and psychology, master's oh, cool. in psychology, and then I was doing one on one. And I had an office in the Taft Building. Now okay. this in Hollywood. This was. And then the W was going in and oh, it became God. jackhammering. Well, you can't hypnotize people when it's <laughs> jackhammering going on. And so um, I started looking for a new office space. And then um, my Los Feliz location ended up revealing itself to me. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll have a little store in the front and I'll have other other um, colleagues rent a couple, I'll put a couple treatment rooms in and, yeah. and do that. Yeah. And that led me into like, you know, wanting to do more and my my therapy practice bloomed and you know i was i was blessed in that matter i was i was booked out about two months in advance and uh and really making a difference but i was doing it on a one-on-one basis and i wanted to do something bigger and i i said well when when do people feel the most connected to their self and i said when they're when they're traveling or when they're in nature they're free to be their self and so i said the number one issue with people is the inability to be their true self and so I said, okay, well, I need to do something different. And me being a techno tard and not really liking social media, <laughs> I set out and I created uh, a travel social me- uh, media network. And um, oh, wow. and then I had like the founder of Priceline involved and all this stuff. And it was it was slated to be like the next big thing. And then I got super sick. You got super sick. Yeah. Oh. And I they thought I had early Alzheimer's and ended up being a massive mold infection that went into my brain. So I abandoned everything and we had just finished the beta testing of it, kind of went back and went back to liberate my first little baby. And I just did a lot of healing and really it was my kind of thing of like, you know, and I was seeing the ego come to me, yeah. you know, like of, you know, here I was one of the only females in the tech field and yeah. I was like, didn't have, you know, and I'm, I'm having meetings with billionaires and like different things like that. And I'm flying on planes all over it. Like, you know, and I could see it, you know, right. it, it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's and hard so, not to. so it humbled me down <laughs> and, um, I always said I'd get back to it and it was supposed to be just a temporary break from it. And we were re- redesigning some of its user, um, value proposition and, uh, and, and again, I was working with like the Priceline team and stuff like that. And, uh, so then I, I just paused for a little bit. I said, you guys, I need like six months to heal and I'll get back on it. Right. And that six months turned into like over a year and going and, and having that refining myself of the spirituality and the place. But this was the first time I actually seen the business side mm. of the, of my little store. It was just like, you know, right. And then an opportunity just happened where somebody was like wanted to partner with me to buy out like somebody in tech to buy out um, a, a famous bookstore. It was like the Bodhi tree down here, but it's called East West and Silicon Valley. And I was like, yeah, so we put in a bid for it and then they ended up it didn't it fell through. And 
then that idea of this bigger location sat with me. I got you. And so I opened this place called Liberate Hollywood, and that was 6,500 square feet plus a rooftop. And it, but it was filled with so many problems and conflicts. I've never, I thought I would set it up and then I'd be back to my tech venture. Mm. And that wasn't, it was spiritual lesson after spiritual lesson after like all of this craziness. Like, I mean, I can't even write the th- crap that the, the place went through. <laughs> right. And so the pandemic ended up putting the nail in the coffin and as weird synchronicity would have it, now it's be t- being turned into the museum of death. Like the, that location. Yeah. Um, but if I, I mean, this is on the spiritual hooey wooey stuff, <laughs> right. but I mean, like there was so much, I feel like that place was cursed beyond cursed. It was an old music studio okay. that was uh, yeah. like Michael Jackson, the doors, Jackson five, earth, wind and fire. They all recorded there for oh oh, 1400 golden platinum records were recorded in that space. And so it, but it just had the seedy energy to it that I tried. And now it's the Museum of Death. And now it's the Museum of Death. So it was like whatever spirits <laughs> or hooey-wooey was going on in there, it was like we just want it to be dark. And then it got the perfect tenant after I left. Yeah, found, it's found its person. <laughs> it's found its perfect right, serial killer like memorabilia <laughs> can go in there. Hmm. But yeah, so then this place ended up being the... Um, the birth child out of that is we needed a space that uh, there was that that hole missing in the community for people to come together to do workshops and classes and events. And yeah. so last summer, when it seemed like COVID was retreating and there was so much real estate available, um, yeah. I found this location in Sherman Oaks and said, OK, well, it's smaller than Hollywood. It has an outdoor space that I'm going to make. And let, let's maybe this will be smoother. So that's how this came about. Long winded answer. <laughs> I love it. It's an, it's beautiful. It, yeah. As soon as you walk in this place, if you haven't been here, come check it out. Thank it's, you. As soon as you walk in, everything just kind of shifts. Yeah. But like you, I don't know where it's going next. I mean, I was just guided and listening. And again, if I listened to my head, I would have probably been back in tech right. and doing other things. And now I'm just, I'm here and I don't know where the future goes and we'll see. Well, the cool part for you probably is though, even if you go back to that tech play now, which maybe you, you decide to, you have a, you have a level of mindfulness about it now. That's yeah. Way different. Way different. Way different. Right. Like you can almost go there in a more playful way. Yeah. And, and there's nothing, you know, there's, there's something to be said about having everything ripped away from you. I mean, you had it as the depression yeah, and anxiety. Yeah. I had it in, literally giving up my car because I couldn't drive because my brain and was like, I just like, I couldn't even speak. Like I couldn't like write down a phone number. Like it was so bad. And, and, and the doctors were like, maybe you have Alzheimer's early onset. Like what? Like, come on. <laughs> like, but yeah. they were just seeing, you know, they put the EKGs on my brain yeah. and they would say like, I, it was like operating like 20 some percent. And I was just like, Oh, but then it was my dog ended up with, uh, um, having conditions and the vet found mold spores and that's how it all unfolded and no that way. I went, went to the doctor. I was like, can you test me for this? Because my vet had, my dog has it. This might be, I Googled all of the symptoms. I was like, that's, that's what it. I, ha- that's what I have. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. but it, but seeing it from a bigger perspective, it's yeah. like, it needed me to continue it spirit. We, the, we yep. do, create a different journey that have, would have a different ripple effect at the current time. That's right. You know? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. See, now I have five more questions, but I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> that can be for your podcast. Okay, perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like for that interview. <laughs> and by the way, thank you, because uh, I just had knee surgery last week, and so I'm getting to showcase my shaved knee yes. during this. I think it's on the camera, so it's, I wouldn't have worn shorts had I known my knee was going to be <laughs> See, it's perfectly imperfect. Right. And we have to go through surgeries. And <laughs> Not play, shaved, shaved. And when you play massive levels of sports and stuff, interactive, I'm sure that about those and kind you of get old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. And I can't wait to be here in a month, right? Yeah. For the... mm-hmm. Absolutely. And hopefully more often than that, once again, everything worked out and you do some more showcases of I would some love of the to. courses in person, maybe. I'd be honored. And the way it's happened has been so cool because literally just walked in here and then I met you know someone behind the counter and gave him but it just been so 
organic how this has come together, which I just love when life works that way. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. Well, so glad to meet you. You as well. You matter. Oh, so do you. You matter. <laughs> we matter. We matter. <laughs> oh. Until next time, please make sure to check out both of Matt's uh, websites and Follow him, like, share, comment below, you know, allow the beautiful algorithms. I know the audio version gets a little bit more traction and we're trying our YouTube out. So please, you know, comment, like the YouTube algorithms are really weird and we need more views so that we can get more people. Coming from a technotar. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's technotar, you know, like I need to learn you said more. It. <laughs> Well, have a good day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want to hear more about what we have going on and happening online or in the neighborhood, check out liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Liberate Yourself. It's you are self, U-R-S-E-L-F. Until next time, be powerful, be magical, and be free.